0: Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. Yeah, so uh, bonus time. You know how we do here on these bonus. Real loosey-goosey, letting it all hang out, having a lot of fun, reading your mail.
1: These are our, our topless episodes. Yes, (laughs)
0: Yes, <laughs> the first topless film podcast. I thought we were going to make that the fucking tagline for this endeavor. Do we not? Look, we can, still make it,
1: we can make it the tagline. We don't have to be topless. I keep saying that. We can just say we were a topless podcast. See, Who's going to know?
0: Exactly. I think that's exactly right. We don't have to do it topless. No one will know. But if it's the tagline, doesn't that make you want to listen to a
1: podcast? The first topless film podcast I just want to know who are those people what are they thinking definitely what are they watching and why Chud is what they're watching (laughs) and you know know it tits out for Chud (laughs) 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 write that one down that sounds like it could be like a like a local race or something (laughs) like (laughs) the tits out for Chud 5k (laughs) I would fucking run
0: another 5k if it was called the tits out for chug. (laughs) Have you ever done a 5k, by the way, just out of curiosity? You know goddamn well I have it. What the fuck? I don't know. (laughs) Look, maybe you had a fucking year where you were like, you know what, instead of learning Shakespeare, I'm going to run a 5k and that'll be I, it. I
1: will bury it. I don't I don't want to talk about it ever again. I love that you think I have that within me. And I'm telling <laughs> you, I have I have not worked out on purpose since the last gym class I took as a senior in high school. That was the last <laughs> time I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And my body absolutely tells that tale. And I'm fine <laughs> with it. And I don't even know how, here's the thing with the with the 5k, 3k, 10k. I don't know math. So I don't know how far that is. And 5k sounds like a lot. A lot.
0: Okay. Um I've done two. Is that fucking insane? I Holy am not a runner. Hell.
1: You are you are a jock. You are definitely a jock at
0: heart. Okay, reluctantly a jock. I'll uh, that's fine. I'll take it. However, I'm not a runner. And (laughs) like, and I'm, and I know it's because of the, my body. Like I have long ass arms, short fucking legs. I am built like an orangutan. Nobody knows this because you're not seeing me in person, but that's my body. And like runners are like gazelle people. They've got really long (laughs) legs and they're fucking like, you know, they're very, I, I'm just built wrong. I'm built fucking wrong for running. So I've done two 5Ks and um they were here's how i figured it out cuz i also don't know no. i want to say it's 3.2 miles am i wrong about that is a 5k
1: about right maybe casey so.
0: can pop in and
1: cuz <laughs> cuz well, i know a 3k is like a little over a mile or something like that
0: okay all i right. know is that most people most healthy people <laughs> can run a mile miles. 3.1. I was off. Thank you, Casey. I knew a sum around there. Thank you, Casey. I was the person who figured out that, like, if I walk the mile in high school, it'll take me 10, 12 minutes. Right. Or something. Right. Or like, because if you run like a five minute mile, you're really fucking healthy. If you run a five minute mile. Like, you're like a really good runner. You're Superman. You're Superman. If you're wearing fucking Pokemon sweatpants and eating Twizzlers with your friends talking during the mile, then it takes like 12, 14 minutes. I don't know. 10 minutes, maybe.
1: Trust me. I stretched it out for the whole class. Yeah. The whole class. I'm like, oh, I could run it or I could take 40 minutes and just stroll and just read a book. I genuinely brought a book with me one time and my gym teacher was (laughs) Pissed. And I'm like, "What? It's homework." And he's like, "You're in j-. I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm still doing it." I was an an argumentative nerd. And I brought a <laughs> book with me, and I was like, "I'm going to read and walk." Shit, maybe it did take me 45 minutes. All I know is that it took t- to me to do the
0: 5K. And I, listen, I ran a little bit, you know, cuz I felt fresh. I felt the pressure.
1: Yep. I
0: think the 5K took me about 50 minutes or yeah, 50 minutes or so. 45, 50 minutes, like an hour.
1: That is heroic. Do you know how long it takes me to walk three miles on my treadmill? (laughs) (laughs) It takes me maybe two full episodes. Actually, lately I've been watching Come Dine With Me, and it takes me like five episodes of Come Dine With Me to walk three miles. So, How long are the episodes? They're like 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. And I'm walking uh, real slow.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't tell you the M... PH that I'm going but all I know is that I'm not running the entire time I know that no. so, but it took me forever to do a 5k so I'm like no not doing that again
1: so the tits out for chud 5k is great in theory but we will <laughs> we will be hosting that race we will not be running that race
0: I will be at the end handing out toilets to people so they can jump into them
1: and I'll be at the beginning literally watching
0: chud <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck
1: I'll be like yeah yeah um, start do whatever you gotta do start I'm watching Shud
0: so what were you what were your what are your actual events of the day I feel bad that we've derailed this into this 5k no. malarkey
1: no this is the greatest conversation of my lifetime and you always crack <laughs> me up um, no I just I had a really good day but I wanted to update you since in one of our more recent podcasts <laughs> in the main feed I mentioned how I would always stop for a dog yes Well, in the same field where I once mentioned that someone left a revenge trash can. Yes. I saw a dog running around in that field as I was driving past. So I pulled over and I was like, come here, puppy. Come here. And I was like calling to it and I was going to help it. It was a goddamn fox. What? And I only realized that when he started leaping towards me, ears pointed up and then he kind of stopped And I think we both had the same realization, like, oh, no, like he thought I was food. I thought he was a dog. And then at the same time, we were just like, no, this ain't it. And I got back in my car and just drove. (laughs) It was a fucking fox. And this has happened to me before when I lived in L.A. and I was hanging out with a friend on her patio and i saw a cat walking towards us and i was like stray cat oh my god and it was a fucking raccoon and i i'm just fully that motherfucker from ferris bueller without her glasses on or no was it um <laughs> adventures in babysitting where yes. she doesn't have the glasses on and then she like hangs out with the rat that is me now so and i'm going be to and yes, <laughs> and at the and bus Nuller. station yeah, let me Miller, was playing with a rat. So I immediately made an appointment with with an optometrist. I need a new optometrist, clearly. It was a goddamn fox.
0: Okay, I have so many things. Number one, <laughs> I, I didn't realize you lived in a fox zone. Neither did I, I. I've never seen a fox in my life. I thought they only lived in England or something.
1: Never right? saw a fox here the entire time I was growing up. Whoa. It was, it it could be some Joe exotic shit. Maybe someone had a pet fox Yep, and they gave, had babies or something, but I've never seen a fox here. That was why it was not my first thought.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Look, that could be completely true. It could be a, a real fox. I am very bad at knowing where certain animals live, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, where do tiger? I thought, oh, they must have tigers in America. I'm like, nah, man, they only have those in Asia.
1: Not naturally. Like, really? Yeah, not naturally. I know. Yeah, And the same. I'm like, foxes, England. That's yeah. how it goes. Well, listen, listen,
0: I have family that live in Florida. I know a little thing or two about exotic pets on the loose that become part of an invasive species that just starts like breeding. Yeah. I know a little bit about that. <laughs>
1: You're like, that is how we got their turtle dove, which is literally a dove <laughs> body with a turtle face and it just tramples and eats everything in its path.
0: Well, no, and, and it, it's so true because that is like a common thing in Florida. Like people have fucking exotic yeah. reptiles and they're just sort of like, oh, yeah, now there's like boa constrictors fucking breeding all over Florida. And you're like, God damn it. It's because some idiot wanted to be cool and hang out at the fucking docks like showing kids this giant snake but that's 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 a true thing like i remember i went to um biscay national park last year you know i was like oh i love the national park so i want to go down there it's such a weird you know i love going to the ones that like no one knows of yeah. and i'm like oh i forgot that's an actual national park but i went on onto uh, a ferry and went to this uh key this like really far off key that's like uh, off the coast and i saw the biggest fucking iguana like ever just like chilling and i was like holy fuck that's like a man-eating lizard what the fuck and i went to the what? ranger and i said what the hell is that and he was like oh that's just it's an invasive uh, iguana somebody's pet got loose and now they just live here you know it was like uh trash iguana fuck it like don't be don't be mystified or excited by that and i was like well that's fucking crazy Because it is something like Joe Exotic's fucking animals got loose. Yeah.
1: And also, I had no idea that iguanas were like goldfish where like they grow to the or koi where like they grow to the size of their container. Yes. So like if you put them in a pond, they'll get to be three feet big. But if you put them in a bowl, they're only going to be two inches. I had no idea iguanas were the same fucking way. Yeah.
0: This was fucking this thing was huge and, and terrifying. And I was like. Oh my god! And I'm alone. I'm like, I'm a woman that wants to travel alone, and now I'm gonna get eaten by the fucking invasive iguana. That's my tail.
1: I would, if if that ever happened, I would at your funeral have the three eleven hologram like spinning an iguana <laughs> on its finger like a basketball. <laughs> like we'll just add to the hologram. <laughs> However you die, that's what we're gonna add. Listen,
0: it's gonna get dark again.
1: But here, here, here it goes. <laughs>
0: On the in memoriam episode of this podcast where I've been eaten by an iguana and you have to carry on without me, I fully want you and the members of 311 to do like a full 20, 30 minutes talking about aliens and my casket and their performance at my funeral. Oh. I I want a hologram of me moving into like... A space invaders type beam going up into the sky.
1: <laughs> I wanna I mean not only will I make that happen, I'll give them the full hour. I'll give them the full episode. <laughs> full hour. Whoa. Whoa. And the we are absolutely for the imagery of that episode gonna have your bitmoji where you have the alien t shirt on <laughs> and the shorts and whenever you would send me that bitmoji where you were break dancing i'm like there it is there's the 311 fan right there
0: yo i purposely upped my body (laughs) like you know how you get to choose your body as a bootmoji you're like am i really this skinny am i really this fat who the fuck knows it's such a weird it's so weird to choose your body type it's so weird in the bitmoji But I was like, yo, I'm upping it all the way to the top because look at this gut hanging out of this, of this alien baseball
1: tee and these booty, jean booty shorts. I love it. It is the greatest bit. But the one that you would send that would always crack me up was the breakdancing one. But then you also sent the guitar one a lot. (laughs) Yo,
0: if it makes us old that we love bitmojis and we can't stop sending them to each other, we're old.
1: They make me laugh so hard and that will be the image for the episode and I will give them the whole hour and I'll have them do a tight 20 set and (laughs) they will change their songs to match the way that you died. Like, (laughs) Millie is the color of my energy. And then whatever the next line is got eaten by an iguana, can't you see, or something like that? I will make My it happen. My stony
0: millie. That's the way. That's what is going to be called. Done. So okay, here, here to get it back to this fox because I really did have something to say. <laughs> so I imagine I've never seen a fox in real life. I imagine is it? I imagine it only as the Lars von Trier movie, the Chaos yeah. Reigns fox.
1: It's red. Mm-hmm. Did
0: you have a moment? Did you have that like moment of this fox has special communicative powers or like what happened?
1: No, I thought for a minute that maybe we had mind melded because we both stopped at the exact same time. Oh shit. Like I stopped calling him and clapping and he stopped bouncing towards me. Bouncing? And I was like saying Oh yeah, he was like, that's what I'm like, this is not a dog. Cause he was leaping towards. Me. There were oh my so many signs that this was not a dog. Wow. And that is why I'm getting my eyes checked. Because I don't know, maybe I have cataracts and I don't know it. I could not tell until he was like a good 15 feet away. But we did I mean, not mind meld. We just kind of like both were like, oh, no, you're not my, my dude.
0: Damn. I it was would... red. I have got to tell you, I might shit if
1: I saw a fox. Like that, and I've never tiny. seen a fox. I've seen them in England too. They're tiny and they're yeah. kind of mangy. Ooh, what do you mean mangy? Like they're kind of tiny, and they had like like patchy fur. Like it wasn't like like a fantastic Mister Fox like sleek okay. look. A sleek like he looked like, look.
0: like was he wearing like a vintage suit? Like he was
1: wearing a vintage corduroy suit and a headband, and uh, <laughs> he was carrying a tennis racket. No, he looked like Fuck. he just buttoned a bit in a fucking bare knuckle boxing brawl. And he had, like, a big old patch out of his skin. And I don't know if it's because of, like, the temperature, the time of year. Like, maybe he hadn't eaten enough and it was affecting his coat. I didn't stop to ask. I just was like, you are not a dog. And I got in my car.
0: (laughs) Dude, how many of these wild animals are you going to almost invite over to your house?
1: Now, none. Now I'm I'm not stopping. I'll be like, I don't care if I see a German shepherd carrying a baby (laughs) in a barrel around its neck. Like... Saving or St. Bernard, like, I'm saving this baby. I put it in this barrel. I'll be like, good luck with that, sir. And I'm gonna keep on trucking. (laughs) Animals, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I live too far in the country. I cannot stop anymore for like a stray. It never goes the way I plan. It's a deer, it's a fox, it's a fuck it's gonna have fucking rabies. Like there's always something.
0: All right. The next time, look, I don't want this to ever happen to again, but if it does and it ends up being a fox and not a dog. All I'm saying is pull out the pull out the camera. I want to see a fox.
1: I'll keep checking that field. That field is cursed. There's always something going on in that one that one field. Yo,
0: not gonna lie. It sounds like where they buried Gage in Pet <laughs> Cemetery. <laughs> The dad went, buried his son that got hit by the 18-wheeler, and now bad shit happens.
1: And now shit's happening. And look, not for nothing, but there is a glacial rock in the like near the edge of the field that people have been like fighting to protect. Because I guess whoever owns the field wants to develop it. And they're like, no, there's like this huge glacial rock here. You can't just develop houses. That's horrible. You can't just move this rock. Shit's happened. And I think as soon as that shit started being considered for development the rock started vibrating and now foxes deer garbage cans it's mess it's a mess over there it's mayhem no it
0: it is exactly like 311 said it is everything i eat is from the earth i am what i eat straight up earth right the
1: way that you so seriously said yo it's just like 311 said <laughs> took me it's back true. to my the 20s scripture. 311 oh my God. with the scripture. Come on, man. I feel like I'm sitting in a living room with my 20-year-old boyfriend. <laughs> I have rocketed back through time and space. It's just like 311 said, man. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. You I, are not wrong. I appreciate wrong.
0: that. That's actually a compliment that you feel like you're sitting with like a 20-year-old oh, pothead. Because that's what I go for every day.
1: That's a, it's that's the most fun. It is the most fun. And it should be a compliment <laughs> oh god it kills me it cracks me up well we also um aside from this fox we do have a bunch of mail I do, which is the reason we have congregated <laughs> and yes. i'm wondering if you want to lead us off with uh our first our first mail bag no that's not right our first <laughs> letter letter <laughs> our, f- our first correspondence
0: thank you <laughs> Sure, I will. This is great. I I am very excited about this one. The title of it is called Quintessential Canadian Film Recommendations. Hey there, lovelies. I have to start off with the customary gush about how much I love your podcast. It's such a perfect combination of film education, BFF vibes and cultural history. It always puts a smile on my face and teaches me something new. And I so value having access to your perspectives, senses of humor and sweet friendship. I decided it was time to send an email as I was recently hired as a library assistant at a film reference library in a major Canadian film institution. The thing is, while I feel qualified for this role from the perspective of having a master's in library science, as well as having worked with multimedia and performing arts collections in the past, my knowledge of specifically Canadian film history is quite limited. As a 12-year-old whose favorite TV channel was TCM, I have my own historical film knowledge and interest, but like so much media we get on this side of the colonial border, it's mostly based in U.S. film culture. I'm wondering if you can suggest a few titles of quintessential Canadian films from any era that you think would be beneficial for a newly minted film research librarian such as myself to know. Any and all recommendations are appreciated. Thanks again for your work and for taking the time to read this email. If you happen to best Eli pronouns are they them.
1: Oh, Eli! Well, first of all, congratulations on this incredible job. I think you are absolutely qualified for it. You are completely correct, um, and i I do have a couple of recommendations. But I want since since they mentioned that you that they listened that they watched TCM um, as a twelve year old, and I don't know how old they are now, but if they've recently graduated, you may have programmed some of the movies that they watched. So I am wondering what you have to say first and foremost. About Canadian film history.
0: Okay. Well, I will say this. Number one, you are actually kind of right that the history of Canadian film, I I think in the modern era, especially, and when I say modern, I mean, you know, 20th century and newer, right? right? Uh, The Canadian film business was very much and still is very much intertwined with the American film industry. It just is, Mm -hmm. Um, as a lot of other countries are. I mean, when it comes down to it, Hollywood is Hollywood, and there's a lot of other countries that are um, involved in that business, even though it's not their country's business, right? Right. And I think, too, with Canadian film you know you have to also remember it was part of the british commonwealth for many years and that certainly had Mm -hmm. a lot of influence on the movies that were made and how the film business worked but i will mention a few things that i think are great one of one of my favorite canadian films is this movie called nobody waved goodbye and it yes it came out in 1964. it was directed by canadian director don owen it's kind of a coming of age movie. It's it kind of reminds me, and and um, historically the time and place would would also make it very connected to like the British New Wave, the kind of kitchen sink films Ooh. that were coming out in Britain. It kind of reminds me of a film like that. It's kind of a coming of age kitchen sink Canadian film. Nice. Um, And I know that you can access it because I believe the I think it's a national film like at the because that's the other thing, too, is that there's um, subsidized film in Canada. Also,
1: Eli works at the library. So
0: exactly. So if if anyone can get it. it, Yes, (laughs) they'll be able to find it pretty easily because it gets it gets mentioned a lot as far as sort of quintessential Canadian films. Um, Another filmmaker I would point you towards is this actually a documentarian. His name is Alan King. Uh, he was kind of the like Canadian Frederick Wiseman. If you know who Frederick mm-hmm. Wiseman is uh, both kind of like cinema verite, um, kind of Maisel brothers. If you know the Maisel brothers, Um there is this documentary, there's this documentary called Warrendale that came out in 1967. It, it, it And the reason why I say Frederick Wiseman is that the, the Warrendale is it's a documentary about this controversial center for emotionally disturbed children. And it kind of like, you know, takes you through all that. And I think that there's an Alan King box set on criterion disc. Um, So you might, you might be able to find that there and it might be on the channel too, but that's, I would look, seek out Alan King. Um, Another, another movie, really great film from the seventies called mon uncle Antoine. That is a uh, sort of, kind of a more of a coming of age movie too, about a a young kid in a mining town in Quebec. It's set at Christmas time. I I've programmed that a lot at Christmas um, nice. for TCM, so you might have seen that one. But that one is I I I think it's like one of the top ten. I, it gets mentioned a lot in great Canadian film. And then of course after all that you have stuff that we've talked about on the podcast, you have like the tax shelter era Canadian films. So you've got like Black Christmas, Silent Partner, David Cronenberg films, you mm-hmm. know, Prom Night, if you're into genre movies. I think all those are a part of Canadian film history. And then I think towards the 90s and stuff, I think you do have like really great Canadian filmmakers like Adam O'Goyen with Sweet Hereafter. I think a lot of people call him Guy Madden, but I, but I believe it's pronounced like Guy Madden. Maybe
1: <laughs> leave it to America. We're like, Hey guy Madden. And he's like, actually it's Guy Madden. And we're like, no, it's guy Madden. You know, listen, your results may vary. Say it however <laughs> you gotta say it. If you don't,
0: if you don't feel right about doing it the French way, then fine. But um, yeah, great, great films. I mean, like my Winnipeg, I think obviously probably the most Canadian specific and then Sarah Pauly, of course, and those then those are going to uh, be my
1: Rex. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll
0: leave you the Sarah Polly picks, but then of course you've got like Denis Villeneuve, who's mm-hmm. out there remaking all kinds of fucking popular <laughs> IP right now. So there you go. I mean, that's kind of my my quick and easy answer for all that. So
1: I love your, I love envisioning Denis Villeneuve just like kicking down a door, being like, "I am here." To remake your movie.
0: (laughs) I I just saw that he's going to do the new Cleopatra movie.
1: He's literally doing everything he wants to do. He's like, I am doing it all. He's going to remake some Spike Lee movies. Like, he's just doing it. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing Girl (laughs) 6. Girl 6. I wish. Please. Please bring me that. But yeah, my recommendations were going to be Sarah Polly as well, because I think she was a beloved um, uh, Canadian child star on TV and she has, in my opinion gone on to have a very rad and mature and thoughtful film career as a filmmaker. Um, and she she has a film called Take this Waltz, which I believe is released in 2011 and it's stunning. It's just like this emotional movie about yeah. a re- relationship beginning relationship ending but then she released a an autobiographical, Um, movie pretty much which is it's called stories we tell and it's about how her finding out that her father is not her biological father very interesting
0: yes yeah i think i mean honestly like i i do know a lot of great canadian film archivists and writers there's a great blog out there that called can, can fantastic um, if you want to go down the road the tax shelter road if you want to learn about like genre movies that were made in canada it's just like deeply weird awesome local outsider cinema like that kind of stuff if you're interested in all that i encourage you to check out that website but yeah have fun i mean honestly what a dream I would love to work at a uh, major Canadian film institution. So I'm uh, we're, we're happy so for good. you. Congratulations, Eli.
1: High five, Eli. Invite us to visit. We will show up.
0: Yes, we will come to Canada. I'm, I love <laughs> Canada. I've only been there once, but I had a lovely time.
1: Love Canada. I think we were like in, indoctrinated in Canada early because of our love for the kids in the hall as kids. Exactly. Oh I'm like I, I oh, think I'm Canada's clearly the, the best. like clearly the best. if this is what comes out of Canada. I was on board at eleven. like whatever they're doing, I'm on board.
0: yeah, between like scTV stars, kids in the hall, Lauren Michaels, like we were all like indoctrinated into Canadian comedy, but Canadian entertainment very early. So we love we love it. i'm I'm a big fan.
1: Well, this next letter next email uh the subject is gas food lodging le dear danielle and millie i found your podcast during the pandemic when another podcaster i follow on ig recommended the ugly cry danielle you truly strummed my pain with your fingers with your book my hometown is no warwick new york but holy shit i resonate so much with your 90s stranger in a strange land black girl gravitas I'll be unpacking the impact my assimilation into whiteness and my own chaotic childhood in a single-parent home has had on me, probably until I'm dead. Thank you for being willing to share your truth so other women like me feel seen. When COVID shut the world down, I had recently turned 43, left my partner of 12 years and father of my two children, bought my first home, planted a garden, and got a damn dog. Go big or go home, that's why. Listening to you and Millie chop it up about movies and stretching your own legs as early 40s single women of color has been a life raft in an incredibly chaotic time. Your podcast takes the nerdiest of topics and makes it so relatable and fun. Your transcendent love of film, highbrow or low, shines through and has opened me up to movies and genres I'd never considered before. I'm all caught up now on the pod and just finished the most recent Bird Pleaser episode. Hilarious. Millie, I have a magnolia tree in my backyard that a family of robins has been using as a maternity ward for the last three summers, and they are life. I don't feed them, but I totally get why you would. Then, when Millie said something about gas food lodging being about, loose quote, three women who each in their own way are trying to have faith in men, even when the data of their lived experiences justifies telling them all to fuck right off? Well, that hit me where I live. I ponied up the $3.99 to rent it. It's on Prime Video. I'm glad that I waited to watch it, because now at 45, I've actually been all three of them. I wouldn't have had the empathy or emotional vocabulary for it in 1992. I appreciate the recommendation, but not the rock quarry sex scene. What the fuck? I don't have a question or anything especially profound to share. I just wanted to encourage you both that what you're doing is putting good into the world, and I hope you keep it up. I apologize for all the words, Leda. Who's is she? Her pronouns, Leda. You don't have to apologize for all of your lovely words. Um, you've had a hell of a year, hell of the last couple of years it sounds like, and I'm just so glad that we could be part of bringing you any kind of joy or levity. I was just really hit by your description of gas, food, lodging and saying that at 45, you've been all three of them. Like, I feel that in my bones as well, that I have lived all versions of that life, um, except for the single mother. <laughs> but I was raised by one. And yeah, I just think it's really interesting that you were able to so succinctly sum up and look at your life and the span of your life so far um, and find a movie through us that kind of helped you discuss that. I think it's beautiful. And I'm very proud of you.
0: Yeah, I'm proud of you too. I think, I mean, listen, I'm not, I never want to pick favorites in terms of people who write to us. Cause I feel like people that write to us, I, I, I just think that's very special um, because yeah. I often don't write to things that I like I don't know why. I, I just feel like, I don't know, what am I going to do? Just tell people that I like them so much and then that's it? I mean, I don't know. That, like maybe I, I'll do it wrong and it'll come off as insincere and then I'll feel like shit about it um or whatever. There goes my neuroses. That, just, that was a peek into my brain just then. But when people do write us and, and they say th- things very much like what you've said in this letter, It makes me really happy. And it also like makes me happy when people around, I think, I don't know, like our age are writing too, because I I do feel connected to, to women who are kind of at this stage of life that I'm at right now. Um, And like I said, I don't want to pay pick favorites. I love hearing from people of all ages. I don't want to be ageist, but it, it, I think it just really does make me happy. When when people around our age connect with the podcast.
1: Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's, you know, it's really it is special because I think we're usually in the preamble to the show, you know, we're usually talking about our own lives. And, you know, when someone who writes in is about our age and kind of talks about going through some of the same stuff, it's just a way of expanding that connection with our with our audience. And I think that um we love all of you. You can all write of all ages, <laughs> but yes. we definitely. Um, I just think this is a really special email, and I just hope that you're doing well. Um, that you do not at all put birds, b- bird birdseed out in that magnolia tree. Don't do it to yourself. You've you've been through enough. You've been through enough. <laughs> do not add birdseed to the mix. And if you're ever <laughs> tempted to do so, you should email us again immediately and say. I'm going to buy some birdseed and we will talk you down. (laughs) But you sound incredible. And I just, again, I'm very proud of you. I'm glad that. Thank you for reading my book. Thank you for connecting to it. That's also something that makes me feel incredibly special. When I was writing my book for a lot of it, I felt like, eh, who cares? This is just one dummy's experience. But come to find out that is not true. And I think that a little part of me did write that book to find people like me and to connect with people who had experiences that were similar to mine. So this is just a very special email all around. And um, we just really appreciate you writing in and hope everything's going well for you Lita.
0: Yes, definitely. And send us a picture of that damn dog. I want to see this damn dog. Show us the damn dog. Go big or go home. Indeed. I love that (laughs) energy.
1: And also I hope I'm pronouncing your name, right? Please tell me if I didn't, I think it's Lita because I have a friend who spelled her name similarly with an H though. And it was Lida, but if it's Lida or something else, please tell me.
0: Okay, so we got an email here. It's it's titled "Funny and Terrible Movie Misconception." <laughs> Danielle and Millie, thank you for the pod. I love it, and my husband thanks y'all for convincing me to finally watch *Smoky and the Bandit*. Yes. I loved it. Yes, a cab classic. Okay. There's no real point with this, but I wanted to share this moment with y'all. The first Guillermo del Toro movie I had seen was The Book of Life. I loved it and had that in my mind when a week later, my husband suggested we watch Pan's Labyrinth. I was under the impression this was another family movie. (laughs) Needless to say, we had to put it on pause for about 10 minutes for me to regroup. Thank you for reading my rambling. And hopefully you get a laugh out of this too.
1: Keep on killing it, Molly. I fucking love this. I love (laughs) the juxtaposition of going from the book of life, which is kind of sweet, to an actual nightmare on film.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, it's like, I still, like, again, I tell this Clockwork Orange story so often, but it's that same thing. (laughs) Where you were like, Pan's Labyrinth sounds like, is it (laughs) Peter Pan? Labyrinth the movie with David Bowie. And was that the David Bowie movie? Labyrinth? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Getting it confused (laughs) with Willow, perhaps. I don't know. Um, But yes, I would similarly be like, oh, Pan's Labyrinth as a title would suggest... Perhaps it's a family film.
1: It definitely to me doesn't instantly conjure up someone whose hands or whose eyeballs are in the palm of their hands. <laughs> <laughs> like that is not my first thought when I hear Pan's Labyrinth.
0: There needs to be I'm gonna float this. Feel free to contest if you want. There needs to be a moratorium on fucked up movies being named whimsical things. <laughs> Like if you're making a movie with eyeball hands, that shit better be called fucking nightmare from hell. Never go to bed again.
1: Right? If you're making a movie with eyeball hands, you absolutely have to call it fucked up fucking shit with no asterisk anywhere in any of those words fucked up fucking shit from the mind of someone who is twisted as hell the longest movie title you can it will be the longest movie title on record to properly convey the terror
0: yes it, w- it will be like Jean dill men or whatever that long ass fucking <laughs> that, like Quatre like, like <laughs> <laughs> <4D I> d <don't- laughs> snuff Bru- bruxelles or whatever it's gonna be like that long It's going to be like (laughs) telling you exactly what you're in for. There's going to be no messing around. You're never going to think it's a child's movie.
1: No, it needs to be like Fiona Apple's When the Pawn, (laughs) which is like a 90 word album title because it's actually a poem. That's the shit I'm talking about. I need the full description of the movie in there. I need every fucked up thing that happens in the movie in there. I want imagery. I want descriptions, people. Hire a creative fucking writer and get to work.
0: They're going to have to put the shit on the back cover. That's how long the title is. <laughs> it's going to wrap around. Exactly. Well, Molly, that cracked us up. We're so glad that you shared that Ooh. with us.
1: And so glad you watched Smokey and the Bandit. And I'm glad you loved it because what a, what a film.
0: What a film. Great for the summertime. Summer's Welcome. around the corner. crack out the smoky crack out crack it out just be just do crack just
1: (laughs) simply do crack for this summer you have to stop using this podcast to tell people to do class a drugs (laughs) we are gonna get sued any day now
0: listen free, freedom of choice man that's all I gotta say crack out some crack cracked out like I don't know what I would say crank out some what did I even actually mean to say like <laughs> crack open a fucking Coors and watch smoking the Bandit I think that's initially
1: what I said but then
0: I clearly had a senior moment <laughs>
1: and went to your standby, which is do Class A (laughs) drama. Welp. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, I love it. Let me answer this next question while I can still breathe. Yes. Um, Oh, my God. I can't wait. The subject of this is question for bonus episode. Straightforward, (laughs) and I love it. Yes. Hi, ladies. Love the pod. I'll get right to it. Are there any movies that you have seen and not liked but maybe you would have liked it under different viewing circumstances. Example, I saw the movie Horrible Bosses in the theater, but unfortunately sat next to a parent and their approximately four or five-year-old child. So that scene where Colin Farrell snorts cocaine off of a sex worker's bare rear end felt wildly uncomfortable. I could not relax enough while watching to laugh at the movie because of the tiny viewer next to me. Another possible example slash follow-up question. Millie, do you think you would have enjoyed Hereditary more if you did not watch it with your mother or was it just not your jam? Thanks, Sarah. And then there's a P.S. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <P.S>. <laughs> just on the note of hereditary thank you for choosing that danielle my husband and i both teared up at tony collette's grief scene and i cannot believe that i cried at a horror movie but that's the magic of tony collette am i right thank you for choosing that one i would have probably otherwise skipped it and missed out
0: wow i i thought about this question probably harder than I should have. I was really like picking my brain about it because I was like, ooh, what a thought experiment. First of all, just to answer your question, Sarah, if I had watched Hereditary without my mom, I probably would have liked it better. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, that was too too close to home for sure. I also want to, we'll say for the record, if I had watched A Clockwork Orange, that's probably like my, <laughs> my number one. If I had watched that, not at eight years old, then I probably would have liked it better. Um, (laughs) There's like lots of variables. (laughs) And then I started thinking about it too, like other like inverse things. So like I started thinking, okay, what's a movie that if I saw it in a movie theater, I would have liked it better. The answer to that is probably everything. I probably would have liked a lot of things more if I had seen them in the movie theater. But then I was like, what about, what's a movie that if I had seen it in a theater, I probably would have
1: hated it? Ooh, Hmm? you really went deep on this question.
0: Yes. And the answer to that is Star Wars. I think if I had (gasps) seen Star Wars in a movie theater, I would have been like, I hate this fucking movie. Who are these people? I saw it at home with like two of my friends and it wasn't that long ago. Okay. Just full disclosure. (laughs) And it was great. I was like, oh, this isn't a great movie. Now I see what all the fuss is about.
1: Okay, this is a bomb being dropped. I didn't know that you have watched <laughs> Star Wars. You have yes. cracked the code. You cracked uh, the case.
0: Yes, I have not watched Titanic, but I have seen Star Wars in the past 10 years, eight years, seven years. Yes.
1: Rad. Um, and it was, are we talking like original Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, that era, or the yes. more so recent. the
0: first, the first one—that's actually the fourth one, whatever that. Yes. Thing is.
1: <laughs> but you know, the first one is the fourth one. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, and because I asked a lot of questions to my friends. Good. After the screening at my home, it was very, very comfortable good I system i so i was like oh cool like i like this movie but then i started thinking if i would have seen it in a movie theater with like <laughs> all the nerds saying all the fucking lines i'd have been like fuck this and then here's the other <laughs> thing the inverse of that if there's a if if there was a movie that i if i had seen it alone i would have hated it and that and the answer is the room because honestly yeah. like how who the fuck is watching the room alone
1: that on, would just only be people to- who are, No, people who are about to be committed. That's it. <laughs>
0: so I feel like we covered the spread. At least I did. I really went hard on this question.
1: You went so hard. I feel like I fell down on the job, but like, damn.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That's just my stupid brain. Cause I was like, Ooh, this is good. But what, what about this? What about that? So I, I don't know. I, I did too much homework. Um, and I, for that i apologize but no i love it i time, love the layers yes but i but i really truly think that like for me you know i will always advocate seeing something in a movie theater because i just feel like that's the best experience and you get the best sound and you know but Completely. you can't you can't plan an ice cruncher nope. or like a bad boyfriend or anything like that so no you know
1: and that's why i like to go to the movies alone now I see what exactly. I want to see. I have the experience I want to have, and if anyone's upsetting me, I could just yell at them and wild out. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I actually can't do that. You know what I've been realizing more and more that now that I live here, back in my small town, people know and recognize me and don't tell me. Yeah. So I went to vote and was talking to vote for our mayor village village vote. Yeah. And um. Not only did I find out that I wasn't allowed to vote because I don't live in the village; I live in the town, <laughs> and I didn't know that that was <laughs> separate. But so Damn. I was talking to the you know the p- person who's volunteering at the voter registration counter, and I was so excited because I had seen my middle school librarian in line, Mrs. Oh, wow. Johnson, and we talked, and I was like Mrs. Johnson, I felt like I was seeing like a, a, a celebrity. So when I got to the front, and she's like, "You can't vote," and I'm like, that's cool, I got to see my middle school librarian." I feel like I've seen a rock star. She's probably the reason I'm a writer. And then the other volunteer next to her said, oh, I've read your book. And I was like, thank you. But how weird. How weird. Right. (laughs) And that was not the first time I've had an interaction like that, even recently. So. I can't be out here wild out. I can't yell at people on the road. I can't honk at people in my car. I can't be flipping birds because people recognize me and do not tell me. And that's creepy.
0: Listen, you know what kind of world we're living in now. There's probably like an in-touch magazine of your town, not the village, but the town. And there's there's Ah! probably pictures of you running up on a fox that you thought was a dog. And the the caption will be like... (laughs) Stars, they also (laughs) need better prescription glasses because they confuse animals for other animals.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm, like, crying, laughing. It's true. I bet. I guarantee somebody's like, look at this dummy. She thinks she's going all incognito. She's six foot tall and wears a fucking head wrap everywhere she goes. We know who she is.
0: And and it's like I just told you. It's like the thing where... You know, I'm listen, I, I know I'm a Gen Xer. I am too cool for a lot of things. I'm gonna be completely fucking honest with you. And that includes liking people's shit. Like I'm I don't wanna be a nerd. I don't wanna be like, I love you, I stand, we stand you queen. No, bitch. I'm oh, sitting there yeah. waiting for the right moment to be cool as hell. To tell you, like, I read your book and I loved it. Like, I'm not running up to you being like, bitch, where you been? Like, blah, 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 blah. So I understand. I'm that person too. (laughs) And it feels a little stocky in in the modern era, but also you got to remember, some people are just playing it cool.
1: This is, actually, that makes me feel much better. You're right. This was a cool-ass poll worker, not someone (laughs) who's being intentionally weird. Yes. Just playing it cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's think of it that way because there are times where, you know, it will be like, I loved your book and then they follow you home and then you feel a little
1: tickle on the small of your back <laughs> while you're sleeping. It's, like, oh
0: it's my me, God. motherfucker.
1: I am never going to sleep. I am never going to sleep tonight. Thank you for that. A tickle <laughs> on your back, bitch. You are twisted. Oh my God, I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> I swear to God, we have one more
0: email before <laughs> this train just explodes. Like this, this bullet train explodes. <laughs> what? I think we're going to, we're going out with a bang on this one. I got to tell you. I think so. So this one, <laughs> this is an email from Mike.
1: The title is gainfully employed vampires. Oh, we got so many emails about vampires. In oh my work. God. Okay.
0: Mike writes, seriously, WTF, did you stumble upon? I have questions. After a quick trip down the rabbit hole, I have come up with a list of two. Two vampires that I know of that are gayfully employed. Where do they get their money? How do they pay for gas? Especially now. They must need cash. Anyway, here's what I came up with. Max from The Lost Boys, who owns and operates a video store. How could we forget that one? I mean, we're stupid. We talked about that fucking movie. Dracula from Hotel Transylvania, who owns and operates a hotel. Love the pod,
1: Mike. I love this email so much. I might get it tattooed on me. Like It is so funny and (laughs) so passionate. And so accurate. Thank you, Mike. You're absolutely correct. We got a lot of emails about employed vampires, but a lot of them were employed on TV. I gotta say.
0: Yes. I I took Mike's challenge, the gainfully employed vampire challenge. I came up with two on my own. <gasps> and and one of them is iffy. But but I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. I feel like somebody might have mentioned this, maybe in an email, but Edward Cullen's dad from the Twilight movies is technically a doctor. So I guess he is employed.
1: You know, I've never seen that movie.
0: I've seen them for you. (laughs) Trust me. And I've seen all of
1: them for you, unfortunately. Did not even know he had a dad. I thought he just breezed into town and was just like some lonely kid. But no, he's got a doctor dad. (laughs) So we're yes. saying Edward Cullen is a privileged white vampire and nobody's talking about it that way? Okay, fine.
0: Yes, bitch. And not even just a white vampire, but a tw- a sparkly one at that. Extra I mean, white.
1: how is this not the narrative of this movie? Please.
0: Right. So I thought of Edward Cullen's dad from the Twilight movies. And then, this is the iffy one. There is a movie called Vampire Hookers. That was directed by the legendary Filipino wild man, Sirio H. Santiago. It was filmed in the Philippines in the 1970s. It stars John Carradine, the patriarch of the Carradine dynasty of actors. And if you want to get technical, the vampires are sex workers.
1: Yeah, hence hence the
0: name of the film.
1: Sex work is work.
0: Yes. So that's all I could come up with is those extra two.
1: Listen, you did more than me because I read this email and laughed so hard I forgot to answer the question. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I truly did. I was like, I mean, after you, after you, we talked about it on that episode. I was like. What are yeah, what are some other movies? And I was going I was like Transylvania 65000, right. Vampire in Brooklyn. I was like what are all these vampire movies? Do any of these motherfuckers have jobs?
1: I didn't I did not even realize when I made that statement that I was opening up this can of worms. It just came to me gainfully employed vampires, where are they?
0: Exactly. It, and it's it is true. I mean, Mike poses that Thought of where do they where do they get their money? Like they all seem rich too, right? They're like yes! they got the fucking goblets and the fucking the flatware, the really like pricey silver flatware and oh, the...
1: completely. Not only that, but even if let's say they they vamp someone for their property, so they like teeth sunk in. I'm gonna eat you now. I own your castle. They still have to pay taxes to somebody. Somebody's coming for some money somewhere. I'm sorry, yes. or There's got to be some niece or nephew or someone down the line who's like, we haven't seen Uncle Jack in a while. I wonder what's up with his castle. And then they come by. So it's like you still have to have money somehow to, like, keep people at bay. Pretend you bought it. Like, something has to happen there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this, too, because I was like, okay, yeah, let's let's go. Let's go there. I mean, Blackula, for example technically a prince before he was changed right so you're like okay he was a prince he he didn't have to uh ask for anything he was he was part of royalty his family was loaded he has uh inherited money but there's also for every prince charles there's a prince andrew you know maybe (laughs) one of the fucking princes is the the poor guy that got kicked out of the family and he's got to like do credit card commercials and shit to oh, okay. live. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know. I, it's it's an interesting, I'm like, where do the vampires get their money?
1: I'm just saying. Hey, look, no one, I guarantee if you listen to this pod, you will be asking yourself that question every time you see a vampire now. Every, time, <laughs> every vampire movie, every vampire TV show, how do you get your money? A lot of people mentioned that the vampires on True Blood have jobs. I've never seen it and it's TV show, but sure.
0: Yes. Sure. Yeah, because they like work in a roadhouse or something like that.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't.
0: Yeah, also, TV that's the other count. thing.
1: Doesn't count. count but also, this. if you're going to be a vamp and you can eat anyone and have any house and any job, why are you working at some seedy bar? I listen. I'm I'm truly trying to
0: get on that blackula tip. I'm like, I don't want to work ever. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to work? You're
1: like either a prince or a vampire or both.
0: I'm like I would, I would rather. <laughs> Yes, I'm not I don't wanna mingle amongst <laughs> the common folk it, trying to get blood. I would rather seduce you with my wealth and my fucking jewelry and <laughs> and goblets and shit. I don't want to go amongst Ooh. you and be like, yeah, I'll work with you and then maybe maybe I'm a vampire and then I'll change you. I'm so sneaky that way. No nah, so not
1: just a vampire, you want to be an elitist vampire where you're like, I want that pure blood. <laughs> I want to eat people who have had a kale salad within the last year. I will I'm not to be less work in my life versus I will, more. I will absolutely not be going out in these streets and drinking the blood of someone like Danielle Henderson, for example, who has a pack-a-day orange Tic Tac habit. <laughs> I'm not drinking her fucking blood. I want some goblet encrusted blood.
0: But like, but even if I wanted your Tic Tac blood. All I'm saying- <laughs> I have to bring it to you. Is that I wanna go, I wanna, I'd rather be <laughs> sitting on a beach in Cancun being like, look at my lifestyle. Don't you wanna get on this lifestyle? As supposed to be like, well, let me go get a job, move next door to Danielle. And then, well, I'll just try to be your friend and then I'll bite her. Like, I'd rather woo you in the high-end zone than try to live amongst the people. I'm just saying as a vampire, as a fucking vampire is what I'm as saying. As
1: a vampire, you want the blood to come to... You don't want to have to spend time building the story and crafting the narrative. You're like, you don't need to know shit about me. All you need to know is I'm going to get this blood. <laughs> and thank you for bringing it to my doorstep. And that's all you need to know about me. It's like, look at my fancy, look at my robes. Look at my velveteen. Look at my chaise long. Check out my shoes. Now give me some blood. I'm not working any harder than that. Yes. And I appreciate that because you know what I love? You're basically, so Prince Rogers Nelson kind of did that with his music. And you want to be the kind of Prince vampire prince who does that as well it's a nice marriage <laughs> you're like i'm not working any harder than i have to i'm gonna bring the funk and the way that i know how and you will come to me prince had those women dancing around with like those fucking jeweled curtains in front of their faces in the 90s like all he had to do is be like i'm prince give me some yes. jeweled curtains you can't see shit get in this video and they're like okay you want the same thing with blood and i respect it i respect it
0: Yes, that like when I saw Prince, the, first, the only time I ever saw Prince in my life is when he did all those shows at was at the Staples Center or whatever when he was in L.A. The forum mm-hmm. it was at the forum and he was doing 20 something fucking shows. And all he would say is, come on back. I got a lot of hits. I got a <laughs> lot of fucking hits. And you and I know you want to hear them." I'm not going to like, I'll do the the performance part, but there's literally nothing but hits. That's all I can give you is my hits. And you'll come back and pay money every single night. And what the fuck happened? We did that shit. We did it.
1: Absolutely. He's like, you haven't even heard controversy yet. I know you're coming back.
0: Exactly. Confidence. That's all it is, is that confidence and knowing what you got. And that's the kind of vampire I want to be. I don't want to work. I'm not clocking in to get your blood.
1: I respect it. (laughs) i respect it because if you're gonna live if you're gonna live for fucking ever you should not also have to goddamn work you're like i will be alive right forever like i will outlive (laughs) all of you by centuries my work days are done even if i get vamped like in my able-bodied 20s at my most energetic, my sexiest, I'm still not working because I'm going to be alive for 7,000 years. (laughs) Living forever and working is literally
0: my worst nightmare. That That is my fucking eyeball (laughs) hands. That's my eyeball hands.
1: Fuck. (laughs) I feel so depressed
0: by that thought. I'm just sitting Uh,
1: there Don't think, remind yourself that that's not going to be you. You're going to be the opposite of that, where you're like, guess what? I'm going to conserve this energy, because I don't know when the next time I'm getting blood. I'm going to be the vampire that doesn't work. I will conserve my energy, and I will be suave, and you will bring me your kale-infused blood. And that is all I, I need, because I'm going to live forever.
0: High-end vampirism. High-end.
1: High High-end. You can't work and live forever. I'm sorry. Those two things do not compute in my head also can we call this episode tic-tac blood
0: (laughs) i was gonna name this episode literally everything you just said for the past 10 minutes that's what i was
1: gonna name this episode we've got our our fiona apple 90 word title (laughs) holy shit look Uh,
0: i mean i hate to say that this is not going to be a main feed episode This, this bonus episode was so intense (laughs) We, we covered a lot of ground, we felt a lot of passionate things, and if you're listening right now, I'm just saying, you know, this is the kind of shit we're doing right now on these bonus (laughs) episodes. So thank you so much for, for being a subscriber, because we, we are having a blast. Truly.
1: And thank you for writing to us. Thank you for all of, all of the people that wrote in today. Thank you, Eli. Thank you, Leda. Thank you, Molly, Sarah, and Mike.
0: And hey, if you're out there and you're listening and you want to email us, we are at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com.
1: You know, you can find us on our social media accounts. We are at I saw pod on Instagram and Twitter.
0: And hey, we got merch, I saw what you did merch in the Exactly Right Shop at Exactly And
1: you can listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And. Don't forget that you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free, plus all of our bonus episodes, by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app.
0: Man, oh man. Well, Daniel, listen, it was a pleasure, as always, to crack up, to do my claps, my laugh claps. I love it so much.
1: You, my stomach hurts. You've had me rolling. You're my favorite person. I absolutely love laughing with you and just talking movies. And you put so much effort into this, this bonus. I promise I will do my homework next time.
0: I was going to say, it's never going to happen again. (laughs) This is the last time. I don't know what happened. I must've, I must've done a B12 shot or something this week. I don't know what happened.
1: This was the final exam. And from now on, it's just summer vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See you guys next time. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and mixed by Casey O'Brien. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogle. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hartstark, Karen Kilgareth, and Danielle Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at I Saw Pod. And you can email us at I Saw What You Did Pod at Gmail. Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.